0: Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is the apocalypse nerd and Scott Glancy here, joining you for a podcast at Ground Zero, episode number five. Good uh, afternoon, evening, Scott.
1: Good evening, Mr. Wallace. Um, welcome back to the apocalypse. I, I think, think that monkey. I think that monkey's getting closer. What? Every time we tune what? in, that I think the monkey is is sidling up to you. I don't like. I don't like the look in his eyes, sir.
0: Those dead, those dead black eyes like a
1: doll's eyes. That would be right, Mr. Quint. Thank you. Well, I gotta got tell you. Having Robert Shaw uh, versus a giant monkey would be almost as cool as Robert <laughs> Shaw versus a giant shark. Almost.
0: Let's see. let's see if I can remember one of my favorite quotes. Let's see. you go in the cage. Cage goes in the water. Shark's in the water. Arshak,
1: Arshak, <laughs> Arshak.
0: So, um, all right, folks. Uh, we're back. We're doing two weeks in a row this week because we've had uh, many, many, many technical difficulties. So we figured we'd do two in a row, and we're not gonna be able to do it next week anyway because I'm gonna be traveling back from the. HP good luck for our film festival, which uh, me and Mr. Glance will be hanging out. We'll uh, but- be
1: attending that in the lovely city of Portland, Oregon, um, yes. all this weekend coming up. Uh, Mr. Walls, I still suggest that we do this on Tuesday rather than Monday, uh, but we'll make an announcement on that for sure uh, sometime over the weekend.
0: Oh so, yes, we need to uh, make some. We may need to make some adjustments.
1: We don't Just- have we don't have live viewers. Everybody watches us on the YouTube page.
0: That's true. That is true. So, all right. So, uh, folks. So, this week we're going to be talking about. We're sticking with our '70s theme. I know. I know people have suggested to me themes like, "Oh, let's talk about just you know plagues or this or that." No, we like to stick to our own. We like to stick to our own themes because we definitely um, walk to the beat of a different drummer. So we're we're sticking with we're sticking with genres like the '70s.
1: This is all about us and our passage through the apocalypse. And our apocalypse started, because we're old mockers, our, our apocalypse started in the 70s. That's when we first started getting our, our apocalypse dose.
0: Exactly. So, And again, like I said, a lot of this is really more about, this is like a public extension of, converse, like I said in the first episode, public extensions of the conversations that me and Mr. Glancy have all the time.
1: This is, <laughs> so is going to happen anyways, so we might yeah. as well inflict it on the rest of you.
0: Exactly. So, but apparently, some people are enjoying it, and we thank you for it. So, uh, said so we'll try. We try to be interesting. We try to be entertaining. And what are you going to do?
1: Speaking of news, Mr. Wallace, do we have any news today?
0: Um, I really don't got a whole lot. I haven't. Been, I really have not had a chance to do a whole lot of research. Uh, I can say because I remember uh, the other week I talked about. Um, Oblivion opening up and I did see Oblivion.
1: And
0: uh, you can wait till Netflix.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So is it bad because of Tom Cruise or is it just bad?
0: It it becomes it's very formulaic science fiction. If you're like one of us and you've seen a lot of science fiction, you will start to be able to figure it out as you're going along. Oh, it's X. It's Y. It's Z. Okay, you'll just start filling in the blanks because it becomes very formula. So the big oh, and we lost Mr. Glancy. Oh, Mr. Oh, you're... Oh, oh, Glancy is having another apocalypse. So, uh, like I said, it's it's it's. I eh. said, I really watched it just to see the apocalyptic themes and settings, you know, of how the world is. Just one little spoiler. The moon does get destroyed, and that's apparently what they say caused this disruption in the world and there was nukes and things of that. But they really I don't think they did a lot of research on how things will look afterwards because I mean, yeah, there's gonna be upheavals and earthquakes and shifting, but it's like it's way too much. It's like you know, cavern. You know, um, canyons are now. You know, you know, hundred story. You know, hundred story buildings form these canyons. It's like the sediment is up around them. Uh, it's very. It's crazy the way it uh, it's set up. It's like, I because I've seen a lot of these. You know, life without people, and we really get to see how things decay and degrade. Uh, and it just definitely doesn't follow it, even with you know the unpredictability of the moon being destroyed. So. Like I said, i like to see it just for that, just to kind of see what they did with it. Again, not that fantastic, very formulaic, cookie-cutter uh, science fiction you could figure out uh, pretty easily. So, I mean, that's all I really had this week. Like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of time to really research anything else new. So I wanted to see if Mr. Glancy had anything in the news, but we'll have to wait a moment until he uh, gets back online, and we'll see what happens there. Looks like he's uh, starting to come back online now. Uh, but in the meantime, like I said, we're going to talk about three movies uh, set in the 70s. We're going to start off with No Blade of Grass 1970, and then we're going to move on to The Ultimate Warrior 1975, and we are going to we are going to uh, end with uh, uh, The Ravagers 1979. Uh, I, I... Yeah, let's just ignore it. Uh, I, uh... Um, I just uh, went a little bit to oblivion. How, they're.
1: Don't explain to me. I'll watch the video later, and then I'll know.
0: Okay. Yeah. They, did, they didn't. do their research. Basically, it's like, it wasn't very. It, like I said, it wasn't very good. So anyway, I didn't really have anything else new. Did you? Did you? Have you? Uh, you no, come across anything interesting this week? No.
1: Okay. No. Uh, the the close thing that's a, the closest apocalypse thing is you know Pacific Rim, and that's really not apocalypse. That's that's giant kaiju. Uh, you know, jujitsu, um, fighting monsters. Yeah. Stuff. I don't think I don't think that uh, Pacific Rim needs any boosters over here. And besides, like I said, it's it's not really apocalyptic.
0: Yeah, it could lead to a an apocalypse if you know the monsters win. You know,
1: I, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna doubt that.
0: <laughs> but if we if we really wanted to to translate it, I could I could make a tie into roll with Pacific Rim if you wanted me to. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I, all right, all uh, right. Is this like is this like uh, three degrees of Kevin Bacon or something? You're gonna get to, you're gonna get from Kaiju to 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 Gamma World in less than three moves. How, how many moves? Uh, uh, well,
0: let's see. Well, the giant. Well, I, well, I'm going with the giant fighting robots, and there was a. Well, as you oh, know, yeah, uh, James James Ward uh, used to write uh, articles for Polyhedron, and basically. I because anything that he wrote for Polyhedron is, is canon for uh, the world. And one of the articles he wrote, I can't remember the issue offhand, but there's an issue where you encounter these giant fighting robots that came over from, you know, Japan. Uh, Japan you know, and they give a little bit of background. They give the robots of, like, there's something with the r- rising sun or something, you know, how, you, how...
1: Yeah, there's actual government. There's an actual government made up of unfrosted Japanese soldiers from before the apocalypse. And they've salvaged these things, and now they are stomping around looking for stuff to loot.
0: Exactly. So there's your tie into giant robots in Game world So.
1: <laughs> uh, right, it, I. You are the master.
0: Well, as, as we know, I love Gameworld,
1: and your we, nerd, nerd foo is strong.
0: Yes, and uh, we don't. Uh, I don't nearly talk about Gamworld as much as I say I would. But you know what? We're just beginning the show. We'll get <laughs> to it. We'll get to it. Because also, I do want to, is after we have quite a few episodes under our belt, I would like to see if I could uh, re- actually reach out to Mr. Ward and see if we might be able to get him in and see if he, we could talk get him to talk, you know, about Gamma World, Metamorphosis Alpha.
1: Oh, we can we can make him talk. We just, you know, apply hot coals to his feet. He'll fucking talk.
0: Oh, he'll talk. <laughs> All right. We'll get the bamboo splints,
1: you know. All right. Speaking of horrible torture, it's time for some 1970s.
0: Okay, and I already informed I the good was. folks, good good folks of uh, the movies that we are going to be talking about. Now, the first one we're going to be talking about, like I said, is No Blade of Grass, nineteen seventy. Uh, that movie uh, it was an American-British uh, uh, combination film. It was done together like a joint venture, and it's actually based off a book called No Blade of Grass in the United States, but it was actually called The Death of Grass when it was released in England because it was written by John Christopher. He was the
1: granddaddy of all British apocalypses.
0: Yes, he's wrote many uh, besides the Tripod series. He also wrote, uh, what was the one with, instead of the grass? Um, the Long everything. Winter.
1: The he, Long he, he Winter. The Long Winter, which is another another very nice British apocalypse. And there is, of course, the poster for No Blade of Grass featuring our one-eyed, uh, was it Nigel uh, Hawthorne? Who, who's, who's the uh, lead in this?
0: uh the actor or the name of the character
1: uh, the the actor it's, it's Nigel Hawthorne right
0: uh, Nigel Davenport
1: Davenport excuse me Nigel Davenport with his uh with his eye patch and of course the biker gang with their viking horns
0: yeah, and it, and mind you, their bikers. They're like on little two hundred fifty cc, you know, uh, cafe uh, racers. Oh, oh
1: they're, yeah. They're they're all these really pussy British bikes. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not the it's not Wes and Lord Humongous. No, it absolutely really not.
0: The, it yeah, I think not it could, the... I think it could be a polar opposite. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was Nigel Davenport who played Mr. John Constance, who was Mr. Constance, who. The one character, uh, who was it? Um, it was Perry, used to call him. But anyway, so it was based off of the book uh, by John Christopher. So he wrote several post-apocalyptic books. Now, yes, what you see Scott showing here is the part of the opening credits. Now, Mr. Glancy, I just found this out uh, today, actually. I was doing some research because I, of course, have a... Unauthorized version, a digital version of it, because that is oh, years ago was the only way to obtain it. But uh, I just discovered that it is has been released on the Warner Bro- Warner Brothers Archive Collection.
1: Golf clap, golf clap,
0: and it's actually apparently remastered as well. So I, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on the price, and if it actually goes down, like on sale, I may pick it up to have the good version of it.
1: <laughs> that means that the dulcet tones of the no- no blade of grass jazz vocals will come through on the opening credits. Mr. Wallace, would you care to give us a few <laughs> notes, sing a few lines of, of the no blade of grass theme music that we are pummeled with for the uh, first three, three minutes of this movie?
0: Uh, I think it was something like, it's like no blade of grass <laughs> Blah 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 blah. I don't remember the lyrics, but it's just it nature
1: nature, nature, wah, where stewards of the earth, you know Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely the took a, runs they, through it. They
0: they they <laughs> took it they took a tone on this uh I think more so than the book had was they took this whole thing, they there's whole there's whole beginning intro about the earth and the pollution
1: and they can't take oh, it. it anymore. Well it's an environmental it, it's definitely an environmental slant in the movie. Oh, in yes. the book, it's a blight. It's a, just a It's a pestilence that kills rice, wheat. uh, yeah, it's, uh it's it's, all, it's the, all the grasses.
0: Yeah, it starts off in China, and it's a rice uh, blight that eventually starts on the grasses, like wheat's. You know, all the staples, like real, like you know, just regular grass, wheat grass, anything. You know, corn, anything that's a, that's Wrong. a grass uh, uh, agriculture. So it starts off in China, and then it starts slowly spreading uh, throughout the world. And it starts getting you know like crazy, and like it, it starts appearing here and there throughout the country. And China's going crazy. They killed like you know three hundred million people by like nerve gassing cities and trying to control everything because they're like, well, you know, we can't feed the people anyway. Well, let's just get rid of them. You know, so
1: yeah. There's a there's a line I remember from because it's still Hong Kong. It was written Hong Kong still a British colony, and they're talking about how the starving masses are rushing. Uh, the walls of Hong Kong and are getting piled up 10, 20 deep as they're gunning down all the starving marauders who are trying to get into the city. And I'm just like, it's not. It doesn't sound like things are going well. And they may even name drop some. Do they name drop any of the news at the beginning of the movie? Because I don't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, they, they're 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 definitely showing news throughout the, the beginning. And hey, you said them rushing the walls are being shot down. You mean like in the trailer for? Ah, uh, C Day? You mean like that? World War Z? Yeah, huh? yeah, I,
1: I imagine that. Yes, it was something like that. Only, you know, they weren't c- shitty CGI effects. <laughs> they were actual Chinese starring peasants, as opposed to crappy CGI. So damn it.
0: So what happens? It spreads around. It starts affecting, and, and you got a couple of the, the two main characters, like uh, like like what what uh, uh, again, what did I say his freaking name was? John Con- John Constance. His wife, their family. He's an architect, like an engineer. They have a friend who works on the inside of the government. Says, "Hey, things are going to go down. I'm going to give you a warning." Uh, what, cost-
1: is the, what is the government's plan for how to survive the blight in England? Uh,
0: if I remember, I, I just watched these again last night. Uh,
1: they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna nuke all the cities. Yeah, they're gonna nuke all of Britain's cities and wipe out enough population so that the survivors won't starve to death.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like a sound plan to
1: me. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, so our heroes suddenly realize they have to get out of London. Well, yeah, they, they have to get, get past roadblocks and escape.
0: Yeah, they, uh, you know, he gives them the war, and they start trying to escape, and uh, they stop off at you know, a gun store. They pick up some other people. Now, there is one thing in this movie that there's a lot more than, say, this, I said the Survivors uh, movie, that series that we talked about last week. Very, very, very few guns were shown in Survivors. Now, mind you, it is England, and guns are not predominant like they are here. Mainly hunting rifles, shotguns, things like that. But in the, in this, they actually show guns and military with guns, because guns do exist there. Now, one of the comments I wanted to make, if Survivors was done in an American version, it would be a completely different story, because... They barely were able to get people with guns, whereas here, you can't swing a cat without finding firearms. You know.
1: Yeah. There's a there's an old quote from Admiral Yamamoto about you know invading America. You know, we'll you know will invade America, and is having lived there for a while, Yamamoto was like, "Are you insane? There'd be a gun behind every blade of grass." You know, the Americans are mad. They're all armed. You know, you can't yeah. you can't pull it off. So our apocalypse. We're not going to have to worry about starving masses. I think we're going to be able to thin ourselves out. In the yeah. Just fine. So, <laughs> anyway, there's, there's Nigel Davenport with his uh, his uh, uh, Enfield uh, L1A1 assault yeah. rifle and a little double-barreled action on uh, his wife going on over there. With the wife.
0: Now they what ha- now the, the, what happened is they're trying to escape. They're going to go to his brother's uh, place in Scotland. He's got this farm in a valley, and they all want to get there because they
1: farm potatoes, they potatoes, have potato, which won't go, uh, won't be destroyed in the blight.
0: So, as they're leaving, you know, there's blockades, and you know they're trying to avoid. Oh,
1: and they just murder the soldiers at the blockades. These poor bastards who don't know that they're inside the blast radius. They don't know the bomb's coming. <laughs> And they're just going, Oh, sir, you must turn back. It's you know, I'm just being an official and they just murder him.
0: Oh yeah. They things degrade fast. Like at first they're trying to be very cool about things and proper, but little but but it's it escalates like exponentially.
1: Very quickly. Like very quickly.
0: All of a sudden they're just killing everybody, stealing everything. Because like, well, it's either us or them. They do the same thing to us because they had a few bad encounters. Uh, yeah. Along the way, which kind of turned them, you know, like all their stuff was stolen, uh, women were raped, you know, and, and it was just, everything went bad fast, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, and it's not long before they're showing scenes where the British troops are mutinying and going, turning into marauders on their, shooting their officers and, and looting farms and.
0: Well, they're, they they make good marauders because they have all the automatic weapons. You yeah, know?
1: that helps. Uh, that helps a lot, but um. Well, there it, was one. Uh,
0: And there was one point where they went up to uh, a town was blockading in, and they had them get out of the car, and they're like, "Okay, give us this, give us this." They took everything. He's like, "You can't do this. Leave us something." You know, and he's like, "You do the same thing to us." And he's like, "He's got a point." You know, because it becomes anarchy and every man for himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, everybody. Every community is out to screw anybody who's not in their community. Uh, you're lucky if they don't shoot you, stab you. You know, they just take your shit. Can consider yourself lucky.
0: Exactly. So, so they're going along. You know, and, and this is this is basically how it goes out the whole movie. It just shows like the characters and how they just start being able to do do anything to survive. They encounter this like we saw the picture of the biker gang. You oh, didn't I find, you didn't find a good but, picture of that.
1: I haven't got the biker game up. They're oh, okay. they're my favorites because holy crap!
0: They are wearing horned helmets. the The bad cycles and they're just they encounter because their group becomes very large. Oh, there we go. Hold on, me. There, there they are. They're special. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, the, as time goes on, Nigel Davenport starts collecting people around him like he's some sort of. I don't know, tribal chieftain. You know, he becomes responsible for more and more groups. Isn't there a thing where there's an argument over the two groups meet and the one guy's like, no, I'm in charge, and Davenport just shoots him dead?
0: Just shoots him down,
1: yes. <laughs> it just kills him on the spot. You know, there's no argument, just blam! And
0: and his uh, kind of his second-in-command, Perry, the guy who actually, the bit of a the young tough who's a, a troubled youth, knows guns, basically is his second-in-command because he's a good shot. He's like, okay come along, come along and, you know, as you come over, shake Mr. Constance's hand and introduce yourself,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, that thing where they're showing how the group is forming, yeah. Yeah. And they they go from being, they go themselves from being refugees almost to marauders themselves and there's this really thin line between yeah. refugees and, you know, predator and prey in, in, as, as things are falling apart, you know. And of course the biker gang shows up and is the worst <laughs> the worst biker gang ever. Not only do they have stupid helmets, um which i stupid in the people. Me- <laughs> Uh, and, and weenie bikes. Up. I can't even imagine falling off those bikes with those horns and digging one of those horns into the ground and just snapping your neck. <laughs> I mean, holy crap. They, they... they,
0: they weren't going fast enough. <laughs> they oh, didn't God. have far to fall. So
1: That's right. They show up to attack uh, Nigel Davenport's group, and their only battle tactic is...
0: Okay, well, now, they do circle the wagons, okay? They do go in a circle... But not in a circle around them, okay? If they were in a circle around them, I'd say, okay, I'll buy it. But they just go around in a circle like fifty feet away from them. Like, look, we're just go, look, we're like a freaking shooting gallery. We're just riding around so you can
1: pick us off. Until there's just a giant pile of wrecked motorcycles. Oh, f- they're on fire.
0: They're blowing up. You know, it's 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 horrible. Again, yeah. if they circled around them, okay. That's a good tag because you is, gotta get that is
1: surrounded them. They got around them, got off their bikes, and fought. But no, they just keep driving on their bikes like a merry go round of death. Just yep. getting shot to pieces.
0: Get, I can oh. hear the I could hear the doot 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 as they're going yeah. around, you know.
1: <laughs> Which would not be inappropriate considering all of the fucked up psychedelic bullshit that happens in the Oh country yeah,
0: country. the music is just it's very it's very late sixties music. It's it's
1: but yeah. then the weird colored green and purple psychedelic, you know, visuals. Do you remember those? No, like there really was. The, the, there's that flash forward. There's this moment where the young girl's going, oh, it's too bad the apocalypse happened and I'll never get to know a man. And she's talking about that, and suddenly there's, they just the, the camera just stops, and there's this scene shot in these really distorted colors of no. her getting gang-raped. The version you originally got to me, the bootleg you got yeah. to me, um, has all these weird psychedelic oh. flash-forwards. The
0: version I have doesn't have that.
1: Thank God. All right. <laughs> Let me just say thank goodness because, you know, they suddenly flash-forward to the scene where she's getting raped. Like, in case you didn't know this is foreshadowing, <laughs> we're going to show her getting raped, you know, which is kind of creepy on a level of, like, well, the girl thought about sex. She should be punished for yeah. it by getting raped immediately. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna have her first sexual experience be she's raped. That's Dang thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I know it's like it's a little fucked up, but I mean, but overall, again, those fast-forward scenes. Not in this version. It's not a bad Good. movie. And eventually, they uh, get to their destination. And we're not going to give you any more details because we don't want to completely spoil what happens. We're giving a lot the, of spoilers, but the, not the everything. Ending,
1: the ending is as ruthless, if not more ruthless, than everything else that came up to this point. Yeah. It's a ruthless film. And despite the shitty psychedelic uh, visuals that I saw or and the shitty, shitty psychedelic lounge lizard theme music in it, uh, it's actually got a lot of really good scenes in it. It's really well thought out. It's a very... And it's really hard and ruthless. And it's it's directed by an actor named Cornell Wilde, uh, yep. who's a guy who's been around for a billion years doing swords and sorcery. And I think he's in uh, I think he's in the um, the Conqueror with John Wayne playing a Mongol or something. Uh, but uh, Cornell Wilde's greatest film is The Naked Prey where he plays a, a guy who's a safari guide who gets captured in, in Africa in like 1904, 1905, and set loose by the natives, who then proceed to hunt him down. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's really well and it's a it's really well-done film. and It's really amazing. And this is also one of his films. And certainly, The Naked Prey is a stunningly ruthless movie uh, and absolutely worth your time. And, and certainly that ruthlessness
0: comes through. Oh yeah,
1: in this film too. And it's
0: it's it follows the book pretty good. Uh, I don't I the, remember
1: any. I don't remember any big slip ups.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like I said. It's been a while since I read the book, but but I remember it. I mean, there's some of the little variations, you know, like the blights and little changes, but overall, it follows it along pretty well.
1: So. I don't remember the eye patch. In the book, I don't remember an eye patch on on John's character. So they. They badass him up with a fucking iPad.
0: Well, oh, you have body. to! I mean, come on—he's got—he's got the Ryan Cowder syndrome, you know. So. Um. Uh,
1: yeah, he does. Apparently, after the apocalypse, everyone—him, Snake Plissken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you have to uh, tough up Nigel Davenport. That guy's been a character actor. He's always playing badasses all the time. Um, moving along. Speaking of badasses.
0: Let's move on to our second feature film, *The Ultimate Warrior* with Yul Brynner.
1: That's right, Yule the Tool. That's right. And okay,
0: Yule Brenner, seen. 1975. This was, a, again, American-made film. Now, oh, did you post it up there?
1: Yep, there you got the poster.
0: Oh, with, I, got, I, uh, I, got, I got black. You do? Yeah.
1: All right, let me try. I'll, uh, mm-hmm. I'll just turn that off. Try again. Nope, no Ultimate Warrior. All right, I'll just have to cancel that. Okay. I'll try. I'll, I'll try again a little bit.
0: Okay. So, uh, Ultimate War, 1975. Now, this movie is set uh, in New York City. It's after again another uh, blights and plagues. They don't really give too much detail about what it is, but they vaguely touch on it. And it takes place in the very far future, the year yes. 2012.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, it, so George it happened last head. year. So, all of us we missed we missed the apocalypse.
1: In fact, there's one of the opening shots of the film. Can you see yep, that? Yep, And what's standing in the background in the year 2012? Well,
0: apparently they, they didn't know that terrorists would take down the Twin Towers. Yeah. So. Apparently,
1: the, apparently the Twin Towers fared better in this alternate universe. Well, did, 19, uh, well, 1975,
0: you know, they predicted, you know, everything would be fine and dandy. So now uh, par- from what I figured out uh, from watching the, oh, there's the poster. Hold on. Yul Brenner without a shirt. Who doesn't like that, right?
1: <laughs> Although I gotta admit, they buffed him up a little on the poster. You actually look at you know, Yul Brynner; he's not quite uh, as ripped no. as he is in the poster. No. Um, so, uh,
0: from what I've gathered from watching the film, apparently everything went down in 1981. Uh, because of comments from the some of the characters we're talking about. So it went down in nineteen eighty one and it takes place, what is that, uh, thirty-one years later. So yeah. uh, so what happens, there's this blight, there's you no know, lack of food, and basically in New York City you have patches of survivors there in these little enclaves. Um, they they set up in these little areas, like they'll take like a, a street um, a street and they'll put a barricade in the front and they have the buildings around it to form like a little Valley, and they have their own little fortresses that they make, and there's a lot of them scattered out. There's at least three that we know of, you know, the two, the two main ones, and they refer to some other ones later on. And then you have the street people. There's the people, the crazies that live in the street and run around, you know, yep. they just like attack anything. So, so you have this, you have this. What's going on? And what's happening is things are are slowly degrading. Like they're running out of food. Uh, things are looking bad, and this little enclave, who is run by the Baron, played by
1: Max von Sydow.
0: Max von Sydow, and uh, things are going bad, and he has actually has a scientist working for him. They're, they're experimenting, and, and they come up with this good cross seed that's immune to the blights. You know, so there's there's,
1: Ma- there's there's Max as the Baron. And why I knew it was
0: 1981 was because you see the you see right there on the lower right the hood ornament of the 1981 Cadillac.
1: Yep. That, that, he makes the comment that that was the his last father. year his father owned the Cadillac, the yep. last year they made them.
0: They made them, so that's when because they talk about he couldn't get gas anymore, and then boom. So they got these seeds, and they think they they need to take it somewhere else because they can't grow it on the rooftops anymore. So. So this is what's going down. It's and he's trying to keep things together. And then of course they have their adversaries uh across away who are run they're run by Carrot. Carrot the, red, the redheaded villain played by
1: William Smith. There he is, being mean to somebody. Oh yeah. There's Bill Smith being mean to somebody. And and William Smith is one of these guys, one of these otherwise character actors that I I love, who's been in everything. He was Conan's dad in the original uh, you know Schwarzenegger, uh, Conan the Barbarian,
0: along with um, along with Max von Sydow.
1: Yes, Max also turns up as yes as Osric the Usurper, which is uh, the <laughs> that's my favorite name for any king is the Usurper, yes. which means he wasn't born into it; he fucking took it. That's that's a good title. <laughs>
0: and the thing is, uh, just talk about Will Smith, I was reading up on him today. He's been in, like, over 300 films and TV series. This guy is – we all wish he was him because, you know what? He – dude, he's, like, 6'2". He's big as as hell. He's a bodybuilder. He's had, like – he has, like, a 31 – he had a 31-in-1 boxing career. He won (laughs) – yeah. Uh, He was a weightlifting champion in the the Air Force, uh, arm wrestling champion. He has a master's in Russian and taught Russian in UC- UC- UCLA. That's
1: UCLA. why he speaks perfect Russian in Red Dawn. Yes. This is the sequence where he's the, he's the badass commander that came in to fix the Wolverine problem. And he spoke perfect Russian. And my friend who's sitting in the audience was learning Russian, and she's like, holy shit, this actor's really good. His accent's perfect. He must have really worked hard. Nope. He he he'd known that for thirty years, and apparently he did intelligence work in the uh, in the in the Korean War. Korean War, Yep,
0: He worked for uh, the National Security Organization uh, or the NAS.
1: NSA doing translation. The NSA.
0: The NSA, and uh, um, he lost his because uh, he got married like in the fifties, and he lost his security clearances because he married a French woman. So. Yep. Uh, but he, but he, he was working on. He He went back to school. He was working on his doctorate in the late '50s, uh, but he dropped that for for acting. Uh, he knows Russian. Uh, I think he speaks uh, Croatian, French. He speaks like five languages fluently. This guy, besides being a character actor, huge, you know, he'll kick your ass. He'll he'll kick any.
1: Uh, uh, isn't fight- he the fighter that? Isn't he the fighter that Clint Eastwood fights in any which way but lose?
0: Yes, he is.
1: Or, or any which way you any which way you can. I guess that I don't
0: saying. remember which one. But yeah. So he could fight, he's big, he could outlift you, out arm wrestle you, outsmart you, and he's an actor. And he just plays his character out of you think, oh, who's this guy? Dude, you wish you were him. <laughs> you
1: know? There's a there's a story out of I think it's out of IMDB. He was in a stage play in South Africa and somebody took a shot at him. <laughs> Because apparently there was a a lunatic in the audience who saw the play, and he's the villain in it. And so, in an attempt to stop the villain (laughs) from doing whatever he's going to do, this guy stood up in the theater and took a shot at William Smith, you know, and then was wrestled to the floor. And just like, so (laughs) he's—it's been a strange career for William Smith.
0: Yeah, he's very—I didn't know all this about him. A very interesting character. So, so he's—he's the leader of the bad guys now. He has a huge. He has this huge community of people. Uh, Von Sudo has this huge community of people. They're running out of food, so whatever this blight was didn't apparently affect uh, things too much, because there's like people everywhere, yeah. you know. Now they need protection, and Yul Brynner plays this guy. Just he's just a fighter, and uh, the way he introduces himself to get. Oh, I, fired, show, I, got,
1: I got. that picture.
0: Okay, wait. Oh. Don't don't show that one yet. Oh, wait. Oh. Okay. What happens is. He's outside the library, and he just stands there without a shirt on for, like, two days without moving. And people, apparently, because they talk about, you know, so-and-so from the other community uh, came up to talk to him. And they want to hire this guy, too, because they need a fighter. He just stands up there, lets people come to him, because he's showing off the goods. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So... So they make him if they come. They make him an offer. They hire him, and the reason, the re, the real reason, the Baron wants to bring him in. Now, again, people like we said before, our spoilers, our episodes are we don't are spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So if you you know if you don't want to know, there you go. Wait, hold on. Look at that. Look I, at that I, guy.
1: I would, I would like to point out he is a he's a little scrawnier than the poster, but I'm 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 still it's Yul Brenner. So it's tool Yul- Yul- the tool. So you don't you're not going to give him any shit.
0: No, so uh, he brings him in because he's you know the baron's got this plan. Like he basically wants to abandon uh, their enclave because he knows there's no hope. He wants to get these seeds oh, yeah. out. He has a he has a pregnant daughter.
1: It's totally ruthless. His plan is to fuck everybody he's responsible for. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how shitty this world is. With the, you know oh. his plan is it, to fuck everybody.
0: Oh, and as shitty is as shitty is. is because, well, he comes up with the plan to go to this uh, island off of North Carolina, because that's where uh, Carson is, uh, Yul Brynner's character's name, has, like, family that lives on this this isolated island. And he's like, they got good soil? So he's like, listen, you got to get these seeds to them so they can start growing food again. And he's taking his pregnant daughter. and He goes, well, if it comes down to it, save the seeds, you know? <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, here we have some marvelous screenshots of uh, Yul Brenner shanking a bunch of guys. I oh, mean, that's a,
0: he has a little knife. and
1: like, a it's, little, a, it's A little, a little, f- little four- or five-inch knife. Yeah, and he just, that's the work, stabbing guys in the back. And, uh, those are one of the, and, and this is another just hilarious, you know, uh, ow, as he stabs another guy in the guts. Uh, in the opening sequence, this is during his, I don't know, audition, I guess, for Max von Sydow. Just yeah. starts shanking guys left and right, and um, yeah, he's the ultimate warrior.
0: He is, and uh, he was enti- he was enticed to come work for them because apparently Von Cito had a, a stockpile of uh, sealed cigars. So, yep,
1: last ones in North America. Priorities,
0: <laughs> priorities, priorities. So, indeed. So all this stuff goes on, and there's a lot of, like, uh, conflict, and, you know, the carrots group's getting bolder and bolder. So eventually, he, Max Von was like, okay, you got to pull out. Oh,
1: and and you should tell the baby milk story, because the baby uh, milk story is hilarious. Oh, like I mean, uh... I, You know, the, there's this woman who's nagging her husband nonstop, you got to get milk for the baby, and he's like, there's no milk over there. There's no milk in the powdered milk factory. There's just guys waiting to kill us.
0: Yeah, there's like a it's a bakery, and she insists that there's powdered milk, and she's like, "You hate the baby." She's like, she's like total whack job. You know, she's lost it.
1: Yeah, she goes completely, and finally he agrees to go over there. I think just so. No, 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 no. No. She goes there. She goes there with the baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she, she goes in there with the baby and is crashing around, making as much noise as a fucking ska band getting pushed off the back of a moving truck. And, no,
0: she, doesn't and leave, she doesn't leave the baby at home where it can be safe. I'm going to take the baby with me. Let's yes. do that. That's a fantastic idea.
1: And he goes to rescue her, you know, and, oh, Carrot, Carrot's guys are there, and they get caught well
0: well they don't well they, they, they trap them because they' she insists that it's in here and they go there and it's just like somebody's briefcase you know and she's like so they all wind up up getting killed they keep the baby alive they use it as bait to bring out uh, the people and it' all goes bad for everybody the baby. Carrots, people, everybody. Nothing well, nothing you, happy happens.
1: They use the baby as bait, and they're like, you know, well, you know, Yule's like, I'm getting three times the rations of everybody else in here. I, I got to do something. To, I got to go get the baby. He's like, you know it's a trap. He's like, oh, of course it's a trap. It's totally a freaking trap. But <laughs> if I don't earn my keep, you're going to have a riot on your hands, so it's time for me to go and do something stupid. So yeah. he, goes, he goes, and he turns a lot of carrots, guys, into fucking red paste on the way, but there's no baby. There's no baby to save. It's all horrible.
0: Yeah, it's it's bad news. So
1: it's a very ruthless film.
0: Ruthless film,
1: and uh, it, it
0: it winds up ending with, um, and we're not going to spoil this, but it winds up uh, a chase scene in the sewers, uh, the the subway system for them to get out. More fighting, more killing, and finally the old, finally the ultimate warrior battles it out with Carrot, and it doesn't end well for. Either really. of them.
1: No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. And it involves rats.
0: It involves rats. And and something that Carson does, Joel Berners character does is to show how much of a bad ass this guy is. Because the decision he made, and we're not going to tell you what it is, you gotta watch it, okay? Yeah. It's you'll watch that movie, you're gonna be like, holy shit
1: okay so <laughs> yeah it's 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 really uh it, it is again it's it's a uh, it's a film that is utterly ruthless the people are utterly ruthless they've been living in a ruthless world for so long they um they don't have to blink anymore the bad decisions come up and they make them and, yeah and and and, and 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 it really uh it holds and in, in that respect the film holds up very well yeah. So even though it was clearly filmed on a Hollywood backlot, I mean, it's it's clearly shot in a on the backlot of uh, some studio. MGMs or something, or, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's just another. It's a street that could have been used in Annie or you yeah, know. but but, but the and, writing
0: was pretty good. The story was good. The characters were good. You know, it, it it definitely you know carried its weight, and it's it was again one of the many many films like uh, Hollywood was on this post-apocalyptic film kick in the 70s. I mean, come on, you had, like, you know, Logan's run, a boy and his dog, Ultimate Warrior, The Ravagers, which we'll talk about here in just a second. The Omega of, Man. The Omega Man, Damnation Alley. There were so yeah. many
1: movie, post-apocalyptic movies in the 70s, you know. We were, look, we were feeling a little hopeless <laughs> right about then. We, we didn't think we were making it out of the 70s. Um, but yeah, I, I don't was,
0: think I don't think I did make it out of the seventies. I'm still not sure.
1: <laughs> check check your pants. Are you wearing bell bottoms?
0: Um, I'm not wearing any pants, so.
1: Oh, thank <laughs> thank God you told us that. <laughs> we needed we needed to know that, Jerry. <laughs> um, all right, so will we'll, and don't worry, we'll get around to we'll get around to uh, uh, all uh, those Batman movies Canary we just mentioned. Boy's Dog, we'll get around to that. We'll get around to Omega Man, which oh, has yeah. only been redone which has only been redone three, done three times, right? Yeah. Um, but let's move on to a film that was uh, extra special to me because Mr. Walls over here got me a copy of it when I couldn't find it anywhere. And I and as a kid, I saw the commercials for this on television and was totally enraptured by it and wanted to see it. Never got a chance. I read articles about it in Starlog magazine you know, with a couple of still photographs, and I was even, even more wanted to see it but I never got to see it until, what, maybe two years ago? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's about probably when I tracked it down. And, you know, I was able to get, you know, because there's no... Again, I don't feel bad about uh, downloading versions of movies that are not commercially available. You know, it came out, it was only released. There's a post of people. 1991, civilization is dead. It was, um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> 1991, uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
0: well, I don't know. I don't know if maybe maybe that's when it all went down, because from watching the film, it seemed like that it was probably, uh, i got to say, 40 or so years after the well, event. Th-
1: it had to be at least 20 or 30 because of Art Carney's character.
0: Well, no. Also, well, more than that, because uh, what's his name? Uh, shit. Uh, hold Richard on. Richard Harris. Richard Harris's character said, "I was six when it happened," and he's probably in his thirties or forties.
1: Yeah, he's got to be forty years old. When I am. You're right. You're right. Ar- Car- yeah. You're and right. Art
0: Carney's character was a master sergeant, I and mean, you don't just get that right out of the gate. You know. Yeah,
1: he had to be. You'd have to be 30, 30 years old. I would suspect Master Sergeant might be 30 years.
0: Yeah, and he was, you know, a little bit old in the movie. So anyway, so uh, The Ravagers, yeah, I got, I, you know, I said it's not, it was only available in VHS. So the copy I have we've gotten was from, uh, somebody copied the a VHS copy. that has been out of print for 25 years, you know. So uh, it's based off a book called, nope, um uh, Oh, what the fuck is it called? <laughs> it's
1: Sent to Savagery*.
0: Path to Savagery. Thank you. Path to
1: Savagery. Sorry,
0: I could not think of that. It was um, yes, pa- *Path to Savagery*. *Path to Savagery* by Robert Edmund Altier. Now, uh, this movie is as a is a cavalcade of stars. You know, we have Richard Harris, Art Carney, Ernest Borgnine.
1: Uh, isn't Jim Brown in it too?
0: No, no, it's Woody, um,
1: it's Woody Strode.
0: Yes, Woody Strode. Woody Strode
1: is in it, yep.
0: Yeah, it and, is. It, despite, it's, it's despite this uh, a good cast, again, wasn't very successful. So there was a, uh, now, Path to Savagery.
1: Uh, however, I will I will point out this little shot here of Richard Harris wandering the streets of his apocalyptic city. Uh, and it looks actually pretty good. Um Yes, yeah, <laughs> the, the,
0: the scenery was pretty good. Now, the book, uh, the movie definitely departs from the book a lot. Um, it definitely is not the same. Like, The, the Ravagers, as the name of the movie, because what you have is, okay, there was some kind of apocalypse. There was, again, blights and plagues, a very all similar theme. You know, the, ois- the oceans are poisoned. There's no fish. Nothing. Yeah, gro- nothing grows. There's no
1: food. But it's environmental, not nuclear. We it's went funny. out with a we went out with a whimper,
0: yes. not a bang. So um, eventually, everybody's dying off, and there's <clears throat> these groups of what they call the ravagers, or these gangs that roam around and just kill, rape, and eat everything. And,
1: and here we are with our lead ravager, yes, with his double-barreled shotgun there, and his pack of ravagery guys who are out, you know, ravagerizing. And I I cannot remember that actor's name with the. Uh, uh, with the uh, headband, but the last thing I saw him in was Unforgiven. He was yeah. the bartender,
0: skinny. He, he is... Oh, fuck me, hold on. He is... I'll tell you in a second.
1: Alright, but I will say that put it. he and his scurrilous band of, of nasties star- are out looting and killing Anthony, Anthony James. Anthony James. Uh, he, he, they're out, you know, ravaging, you know, because, well, they're the ravagers. Uh, ravaging the the countryside, and at some point, they find Richard Harris and his hot blonde girlfriend. And here they are from a a movie card, uh, a lobby card from the from the film, pushing uh, Mr. Harris off the balcony and making off with his blondie girlfriend. There, whom of course they rape to death and leave Harris for dead. And this of course annoys Richard Harris to no end. Um, but um, uh, having and and to get revenge, Richard Harris goes and finds uh, Anthony James's boyfriend. Cause just to make him extra creepy, he's like prison gay or something, you know? Yeah. Where he's got this boyfriend, and Richard Harris shanks or strangles or whatever. He,
0: he like cuts him in the throat with like a like a broken bottle.
1: <laughs> yeah, he kills Anthony James's boyfriend and thinks, haha ha. You killed my girlfriend. I killed your boyfriend. We're all even. No. No, actually, you're not even, because then Anthony James and his pack of marauders start following Richard Harris. And one of the funny, annoying things about this movie is Anthony James starts off with a dozen guys, maybe ten. But by every time they go along, the group just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Each time they have an encounter with them, it doubles in size, triples in size, until at the end, it's like, what, 80 guys showing up? Well,
0: not, not to quote Beastie Boys... My posse is getting my posse's getting big, my posse's getting bigger. But it's like <laughs> Well there, and there was one there was one point where they wipe out a shitload of it. I'm like, okay, they thin them out, but I'm like, wait a minute. And there's what? more. There's more. Are they like? Are they like multiplying by? Are they like splitting? Are they like amoebas or something? You know.
1: <laughs> that's the only explanation that makes sense. After Art Connie guns down about a thousand of them. Oh yeah, he, he must. He,
0: he Art Connie probably kills like ten of them easily, yeah. and that's all there was. And I was like, wait, there's another twenty. What the fuck? So. Yeah. So Richard Harris is roaming around. He's a loner again. He's it's it's probably a good 30, 40, good probably a good thirty years since what everything happened. Yeah. He's a loner because he, he grew up in it, you know. Yeah, but he um,
1: picks up. Uh, he eventually picks up this uh, hot blonde here, which is uh, who's well. For, his well, favorite.
0: first he well first he picks up Art Carney.
1: Okay, yeah, let me see if I can find a nice picture of Art here because uh, so he's am. he's roaming
0: around and he encounters. I, I can't remember. It's uh wait let's uh, go to Art the
1: Redstone Art Carney. Arsenal. They filmed it at the Redstone Arsenal in Alabama,
0: and there's all because yeah, because that's where all the uh, all there's all the rockets, all the space uh, museum stuff there. And Connie's character is a sergeant who was they were guarding it at one point, protecting it from looters. You know, there's like because he finds it, and there's like you know you know uh, the rockets, the Apollo rockets, and there's all space, space outfits
1: and missiles and like landers. There's like a there's like a model, a mock-up of the lunar lander and stuff all there, and boom, out jumps Connie with his Uzi.
0: Well, then, okay, that was that was a problem I had. It's like, if he was U.S. military, uh, when it happened and they were stationed here, why the frack does he have an Uzi?
1: Because <laughs> that's the gun they got. Oh, okay. I believe it, that's because that's the gun the armorer got. Would be the answer to that question.
0: Oh, okay. okay, so he has an Uzi, and then later on you see he has. Uh, I think he had an M1, or no, yeah, he no, he that. had, an, or was a mini 14.
1: Uh, no, it's the it's the M2 with the uh, it's the full auto version with the uh, long magazine. But yeah, it's a it's an M1 carbine that's been gussied up for you know full auto fire and um, has a longer magazine on it. Um, I I'll be honest. I think the reason they got Art Carney the Uzi and the M1 is because they're relatively light weapons. <laughs> it was easier for him to to lug around on uh. set. Probably. Yeah, fourteen is an M fourteen is a bag of bricks. Um, it really is.
0: So they he counters him, and uh, Art Carney's character is a little bit lost because he's probably like in his sixties. He's been by himself.
1: Maybe seventies, and yeah. and he still thinks it's going on. He still, he still thinks, thinks
0: it's good. going on. He's going to execute. is uh, um, uh, his, uh Richard, Richard, Harrison's char- Richard Harrison's character, Richard Harrison's character. And eventually, you know, he as just a,
1: as a looter and a subversive and a commie and a terrorist, and a terrorist. It's like, yeah, and he gets hit on the head once, and through the magic of movie being hit on the head,
0: he thinks he thinks he's the major that thinks, runs the place.
1: He thinks Richard Harris is his long lost officer, and just who's probably been, who's probably been dead for forty
0: years, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and just starts saluting him and like you know gets him dinner, and obeys all his orders, and, you know,
0: it just... So they're, they're, they're an odd couple, and Harrison <laughs> wants, him, wants him to go away. He's like, go away! I don't want you here. Okay. And he just keeps on following him. So anyway, so they move forward. They get to what they call a flocker camp. Yeah. They're, they're flockers because they flock together. Um, and they hide because they're hiding from the Ravagers, you know. Now, there are flocker camps in the books like this, but they're not hiding from Ravagers because Ravagers are not in the book, you know, at, all. at all. So, so you know, they encounter him. He encounters that girl, the woman, uh, which you which oh, you pointed out before. i her
1: up. Uh, yeah, and the thing that I liked about the Flocker camp. Whoops, that is not the woman. That is Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine is. Oh God, I hope she doesn't
0: look like Ernest Borgnine.
1: I'm just saying that. Uh, no, Ernest Borgnine is, last I checked, not a woman. Not a woman.
0: And not alive. But this and, besides. And,
1: sa- and sadly, not alive.
0: Yeah, last uh, there, year, yeah, yeah, last August.
1: Yep. Um, but there we have, uh, he picks her up in the Flocker camp, and, I, and the, isn't it filmed in some caves in Tennessee? Didn't they go to, like, some national yeah. uh, cave park in Tennessee and shoot the sequences of the, the Flocker camp? Because it's all in this, uh, you know, village, or whatever you want to call it, built in the cave. And it looked. It actually was, it looked pretty good. Yeah. It actually was pretty good. So, uh,
0: so they do that. They encounter. You know, she tags along. They're still being chased by the Ravagers. They wound up having a couple of skirmishes with them. Uh, he, he had a dream, and he was mentioning something called uh, uh, Genesis, because the woman he was with previously was like, "Oh, we gotta find Genesis, because we could survive, and things are gonna grow, and yada yada yada." So, uh, so he was dreaming about it, and she overheard him. So she's like, "Oh, take us there." Then they encounter this group of people uh, getting water. They came, They were like. They looked like sailors, and that was with uh, what's his name? You said uh, with uh, Woody. Woody Stroth. With and uh, she mentions it. So they bring them on, and they go back to this uh, like a like a cargo ship that they're holding. They're holding out. They have this whole community in this ship, and they're hiding there. And they have food and power and generators. And Ernest Borgnine's the dictator who runs the place. Nobody leaves. Why do we want to go anywhere? You know. So,
1: yeah. Now, obviously, the Ravages are going to catch up, which is going to leave Ernest Borgnine kind of in that situation right there. <laughs> yeah. as he's As they're coming in, they're coming out of the goddamn walls. Uh, it doesn't do well when the ravagers.
0: Oh be. yeah, because there there must have been. A hundred and fifty of them at that point, or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, they just keep multiplying. And and one thing I wanted to, I I love to point out because it's something I read in the Starlog magazine back in 1970, whatever, when I was too young to go to an R-rated movie, was that uh, when you watch the film, there's a part where Art Carney's making a last stand, going, "Get out of here, Major! I'll hold off the red Chinese or whatever it is he thinks the Ravagers are," and. He gives Richard Harris and the girl a chance to run for it while shooting up the bad guys. That was supposed to be his last scene in the film. He's supposed to get gunned down or taken down at some point during that fight. But they screen tested it and he was so fucking popular, it was one of everyone's favorite character, so they put him in for the latter half of the movie. Ah, his, okay. His reappearance, you know, seems really odd, and they managed to write it so his reappearance makes sense. Yeah, you know? it did. It 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 worked. Yeah. But originally he was supposed to die in place, uh, you know, go out with, wrapped in the American flag, killing <laughs> subversives. But uh, they, he was such a popular character, they brought him back. And Art Carney really does. I, I really enjoy that performance. I, yeah, I,
0: he, he does. He, he did. He did a real good job. Real, real convincing. So they they, they They meet with these like I said these people, and you know Richard Harris is. You know, questioning, why are you here? You're hiding like everybody else. Why are you afraid? And, you know, so they go back, this whole back and forth, and, you know, you see the dynamics of the community. People aren't happy. And, it, nothing that's nothing that's not predictable. They get attacked by the, you know, the Ravagers. There's a big battle. They escape, and, you know, and that's about it. You know, nothing...
1: nothing the movie doesn't come to any sort of, you know, super-duper conclusion, yeah. except at some point... Richard Harris kills the guy who's you know kills t- uh, uh, Anthony James yeah. finally, and then suddenly the Ravagers aren't a problem anymore. Like if it was, I don't know why this guy is so fucking charismatic. Well, it came, he can it just came. he can just whistle up extra barbarians. Like well, it came
0: da- it came down to a boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was it. I was thinking that maybe Anthony James is like a level six Ravager who had the ability to summon one d six. You know, Ravagers Hitchman or something. You know, <laughs> just, you know, it it it's really where he gets these guys. I don't know, but um, that is the one. That's the one thing about the movie that actually bugs me is that the clan of Ravagers just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but yeah, again, it's... it's a it's a it's actually you know, there's no psychedelic music. No one thing. No. Uh, the it's 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 shot pretty well. Uh, there's some pretty good actors in it. Um, the sets are well dressed, you know. Yeah. The, combat's, the combat's okay. It's certainly not it's there's a kind of there's a kind of shoot 'em up that happens in the seventies, for my money, that's really interesting in that it's sort of Underplayed violence in some ways, you know. Yeah. Um, they don't do over the top back flips while shooting two no. guns in each hand. Um, it's it's just gritty and hard and realistic and you know in a lot of ways. It's 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 it's
0: it's matter of fact. It's like to the point. It's like okay, we're shooting and we're dying. That's yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no slow mo at least in that I remember. But so no. it, it's it's well shot and uh, it, it looks pretty good. And uh, now is this one. We're, we know, no. no blade of grass is out on Warner Brothers. Warner uh, Brothers. Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior is also out in an American format, right? It was
0: American. It was re- it was released as a double bill with Battle Beneath the Earth, 1967 yeah. <laughs> spy film. You know, it's re- It's a weird combination. I have no idea why they yeah. pod- tied them together, but it's 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 probably still not in print. You probably just can't order it. But I'm sure you. It's it's more it's more easily tracked down at least. Uh, the Warner Bros. Archive, but uh, the Ravagers, not released anywhere. I've I've seen nothing. I did some research. You're gonna have to. You're just gonna have to track it down and torrent it or something. That's about yeah, the only if, way you're gonna if, find it. If
1: you're it. lucky, somebody will stick it on, uh, you know, YouTube for a couple of weeks before it gets taken down. Um, that's how I saw No Blade of Grass, I think, as somebody had it up on YouTube.
0: Yeah. You know, with, with the thing with, you know, with, uh, I figured, okay, with No Blade of Grass coming on the Warner Brothers archive and you'll, the Ultimate Warrior is a combo pack, then maybe, you know, maybe somebody will put the Ravagers out. Who knows? But uh, again, just track it down if you can. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I found it pretty easily. So.
1: Best of luck to you on that. We can't actually give you any. URL recommendations. No, we can't that, give you would, that would be wrong.
0: Of course, just uh, use your good friend Google, and yeah. uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. So, but those are our, yeah, those are our three uh, films of uh, post-apocalyptic films that span the 70s. We started in 1970. Ended in 1979, and we had to stop along the middle, <laughs> so it actually worked out pretty nice. You know, we covered the whole decade.
1: All right, well, let's uh, sign off, wrap this up. Uh, I, uh, do you have any last words? I don't have any last words.
0: No, you know, I don't got any last words this week. Uh, like you said, folks, we're gonna go back to our. Uh, like I said, we're not gonna be. You know, we're gonna do two weeks from now like normal. I uh, said so this was just a special one because I said we're not gonna be available next week, and we hadn't been on in a few weeks, but we're gonna do two weeks from now, and we may. We may shift it to Tuesday because you know, we're trying to see if we could maybe there might be some issues with our day and timing. So we will announce, I'll announce it up prior to let people know. Uh, we haven't discussed what we're going to talk about yet, but we will definitely uh, put it up there. You know, we've been covering movies and T V shows. We might maybe we'll shift gears, uh, maybe talk about some maybe talk about books again, or maybe we haven't really touched on gaming, so maybe we'll touch on some maybe we'll talk about some uh, post box.
1: Yeah, we gaming. got to nineteen seventy nine that puts us dangerously close to the release of Gamma World.
0: Well, the Gamma World was released in uh nineteen seventy was in seventy I think it was seventy eight.
1: Yep, yeah, see? So perhaps that might be our next stop.
0: Maybe. Oh yeah, we're going to have a whole we have a whole whole show just on that.
1: You could have <laughs> so, a month on Gamble World, let's be honest.
0: I I could have a month on the new version. <laughs> and how <laughs> much I hate,
1: how much I hate it. <laughs> All right. Um so anyway, sir, I will um uh, I guess we're signing off. We'll Sign off it said
0: again, I had no last words this week uh, except for, you know, remember don't uh don't take any Domars. Cuz No, you know, never. Domars are stupid. Oh, Always remember right. Domars are stupid. But, uh, again, uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. Uh, Again, if you didn't watch us live, watch us on YouTube. And like I always tell you, share this with your friends, okay? Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. See the other episodes on the archive. Spread the word. Tell people about it. Get the good word going because the more people we have uh, watching and following us... The happier we'll be. <laughs> so, and,
1: and we swear to God, we're going to get the show notes up.
0: Yes, yeah, so I am I promise I'm working on it. Um, I'll, I'll get in a rhythm eventually, but we'll, we'll definitely get some show notes. And uh, it might be – mm, yeah, I'm not going to make any promises I can't keep right away, but I'm working on it, I swear. <laughs> and I'm still working on the audio because I've extracted – again, people, I've extracted the audio of these. I could post them on the blog but I haven't got the trick of the integration with iTunes yet to make that work. So I'm kind of waiting before I post that. But again, still working on that. Again, tell your friends. And I think it'll make it easier once we have all that, you know, once we have it on, on iTunes so you can listen to the audio podcast instead of watching the video. But again, share it, let everybody know, like us, tell the people to like us. Uh, and that's it. You know, like, like I always say, so be socially media responsible.
1: <laughs> alright that's it from the wasteland folks uh, All right, uh, next time
0: yes we'll catch you next time folks we'll see you in two weeks and again uh, as we determine what we're going to do we will let you know and uh, thank you and good night
1: good night post-apocalyptic America
0: goodbye friends of the apocalypse and we are out